guys welcome back episode 28 out here with the boys real fans podcast hold on give a little shout out for the ig right here real fans podcast follow us real fans podcast follow us on uh myspace follow us on linkedin myspace twitter all the good things we live boys tumblr we live we live we live but we're recording (laughs) (laughs) what's good fellas another week of sports what's going on in the world Big news, big news. NFL season ramping up, getting closer. Uh, Gabe, I know you're excited. Remember what I said in our first episode? What? Jumping out of our seat right now, this Julian is about to jump out of his seat for this football season. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best time of the year, man. I can't stop smiling. Oh, my God, bro. It's like Christmas to him, football season. It's only preseason. It's It's amazing. Preseason, what, anyway, it's, it's still baseball <laughs> season. I hear rocking the throwback Brooklyn Dodgers jersey. You know, your boy Jackie Robson on the back. For those nice who are clean. listening. Got this rather blue on. Looking crispier than, uh, I guess you would call that a football jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I got my vitamin panda. He's got, <laughs> He's got, got a hockey shirt on. Gabe got some special needs class jersey on. <laughs> Chill <laughs> Oh, but uh, anyways, uh, let's get into it. Obviously, we're wrapping up for NFL season. As you can see, Julian wearing his... Is that a Bears jersey? What is that? 32? Oh, no, that's MJD. <laughs> M- MJD? MJD? Wait, who, who Bear you say now? Bears? Is that what you said? Julian the Bears? Like, I don't know. That's no. Like, I don't know. No, we all know Julian's second favorite city, Chicago. So we also we also have to note that Gabe's... He's on, uh, he's on traveling. He's, doing, he's going camp to camp right now. He's in Texas. So that's why yeah, his backdrop's in for, uh, he, He's our source. Right now. He's our source. <laughs> but, uh, you know, NFL season ramping up. We're in week uh, preseason two, week two of preseason. Um, and we just want to get into, like, kind of what went over the weekends. Uh, I think one of the biggest storylines over the weekend was Jimmy Winston. Obviously, being announced for the Saints, there was a competition. Um, and just kind of get into it. I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Julian go off first on uh, his <laughs> okay. thoughts on Jameis Winston and what he spot for the New Orleans Saints. Yes. So I believe, gosh, was it today or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. He just got announced as the starter after seeing him perform honestly pretty well Monday night against the Jags. Uh, yeah, I, I had a feeling coming into this preseason that he was going to win it. I just don't believe in Taysom Hill. I know Gabe's a huge Taysom Hill fan. He's got his jersey and everything. Diehard fan. Uh, My favorite player. Diehard fan. <laughs> the man just, he doesn't really know how to read defenses. Uh, he's a great athlete, but I just don't think he's a great thrower of the football. Uh, Jameis Winston's just way more talented, especially when it comes to like deep balls and kind of what New Orleans is used to. I think he fits that role and like replacing Drew Brees a lot more. Uh, and I think Taysom Hill is just better used as a gadget player than trying to be your quarterback because as he's your quarterback, then you're going to lose him in those gadget plays that you could have him in if Jameis was starting. And honestly, man, Jameis got LASIK, dude, and everybody forgets about that, but that man can now see. He can now see. You don't have to be worried about throwing the defenders. Because <laughs> the last time he started, oh, yeah, he went 33 nice. for 33 on TDs and interceptions. But then he got cut and nice. went to New Orleans. But on his nice. trip to New Orleans, he got LASIK. And that man's a new man. He's fresh. He's new. He's going to lead the league in passing and touchdowns. Like, he's, he's going to do it again. 
Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, he's been kind of sneaky. I mean, the, the problem with James Winston, obviously, I think he has a pools. He, he is a, he could, he has a tool to be a starter in the league. But it's just like, there's a lot of like dumb mistakes. And you said, obviously, you brought up him having LASIK, which is like a big problem. It's like, yo, how long have you been in the league and now you're getting LASIK or now you have, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, were you wearing contact before or something? Uh-huh, um, so shit. hopefully, I mean, I love to see improvement. Um, and, you know, obviously, I like Taysom Hill, but I don't think he, He's good to have in your back pocket, but he's he's not a starter in the league. Um, like you said, he's better to have a you know he's very fast, he's very big, very physical, and him you know being a receiver or being on special teams is probably more impactful than him being a quarterback. Like did you watch you that? So- did you watch that game this Monday between Jags no, and uh, I, Saints? Yeah, he looks good. Not, dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked. Uh, what, he, what did you? What was your takeaways from the game that you saw? His deep ball looks good. His deep ball looks really good. I mean, we all know this, this man has an arm, bro. I, I really feel like it's his decision-making. And I feel like he feels like he needs to always make the big play, which always applies extra pressure on him. Like, calm down, bro. Like, we, we know you can throw, you know, you got a good arm. But, yo, you, you talked about his touchdown-interception uh, ratio. He's always trying to make the big play. And I think that gets him in trouble. Yeah, he's always trying to throw it down the field. I think, too, like, honestly, being behind, like, Drew Brees and having Sean Payton, and I think you kind of had it when he was at Tampa. I think compared to what he had in Tampa to now what he has in New Orleans, I think it's a little bit more friendlier system to what he needed. And then, I mean, who knows? Maybe that LASIK shit actually did help. Maybe he can see. Maybe he can't fucking see now. And he's like, holy shit. Like, um, But I think he did play under Bruce Arians on his final year at that time. But Bruce Arians is not necessarily... I mean, he's a great coach, but I don't know if he's necessarily there to fix people like Sean Payton can do. And Sean Payton, at the, if, if Jameis Winston ends up being like legit for New Orleans and can take them to the playoffs... Sean Payton might be a fucking QB whisperer, like probably the best one in the league if he can fix Jameis Winston from throwing interceptions constantly. Like, yeah, I think that was the problem with with uh, with uh, Jameis Winston is it's always like Doctor Jekyll, you know, uh, and Mister Hyde. Like, it's always like you know he has flashes of things, but it's just like sometimes he makes dumb decisions and gives up the ball. It's like, well, he has talent, he has a skill. It's just can you put it together consistently enough over, uh, you know, over a season? And, do, you think, um, do you think Taysom leaves after this year? Because he's got that fucking four-year voidable con, all years voidable or some shit like that. I mean, I think I think I, I, if I was him, I w- I wouldn't leave. Like you know the playbook, you know the the staff. I mean, if you're if you're obviously that if you're that hungry to play quarterback because that's where you know that's his initial position. Sure, maybe I'm angry enough that I want to play somewhere, but like I don't see him starting over some you know anybody else over the league. I wouldn't stay with the team that I'm with. I can still get to play. And even though I'm not playing quarterback, I still get it on the field. I can make tackles yeah. and make you know, touchdowns, you know, receptions. Yeah. Like, you know, you're still getting play time. Maybe it's not what you want to do, but I would stay with the team if I was with him. Honestly. I kind of like, I, I kind of like too that Sean Payne actually like announced it because, you know, he needs to start getting first team reps. If he's like, he's for sure the better thrower of the football. He's, he's just a more talented quarterback when it comes to that. And, yeah. yeah, he needs to start getting reps now. I mean, maybe like you could have hit it, like like told him under the table, like you're going to be the starter and then hide it week one. So then like teams, the defense, whoever they're playing week one, they don't know who to really prepare for because you got really two different styles of guys, like one who's very athletic and can run the football and do all kinds of stuff. And then you have another who just kind of sits back there and, and is more known for his throwing. 
not so much like his athletic ability. But we're still waiting on another big decision. <clears throat> Who's gonna announce that starting QB role? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Speaking of that 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 game over the weekend, um, let's talk about the Jags. The Jags over the weekend. Last week we were talking, they didn't announce a starter. And I told y'all, like, it's not this is not like some big whoop surprise Dragon Ball Z shit. We gotta stretch this out seven episodes. <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars has finally been announced as a starter. And I'm gonna let the resident Jaguars fan, he's wearing the jersey. I'm gonna yeah. let him speak for his team. So let, how how do you feel that now it's official? It's about damn time. I mean, uh, shit. Like time. you need because now we're looking at I think for those who didn't see the game Monday, it didn't look good really at all and i don't put blame him like he actually when it comes to individual performances he actually played his best i think i believe he played as best as he could he looked pretty good he had absolutely no offensive line though i mean he was getting pressured like every single play then one of the plays he goes for a run and gets fucking like flipped as he went for the run and i'm like oh man i was like when i saw that happen i was like no like don't take that hit. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. Know, like the whole season. Oh man. And it was like, please, it's it's not worth it. But um, yeah, I think it's about time. Gardner Minshew has once again has not looked good. Uh he he still has yet to throw a touchdown pass. Neither is Trevor Lawrence, but at least Trevor Lawrence has been able to kind of move the ball downfield. Gardner Minshew just he I don't even know if he's even QB two anymore. The our third string CJ Beathard, he looks like a better number two, and probably will get the second string spot over Gardner Minshew because Gardner Minshew has not really put up any competition towards Trevor Lawrence. And even if he did, like the just the sheer talent of Lawrence, when you saw him play this weekend, like you just saw things that not every guy can do. Like there was one play where he's rolling out to the left and throws across his body fifteen yards down the field on the dime to Chenault. And it was just like plays like that where you're like, not everybody can make that play. Like that's I mean, I've seen, I seen Gabe make that play in the park the other day. Yeah, Gabe, yeah, Gabe did make that in a flag football team. His his beer league flag football. Some of my best work. <laughs> <laughs> he puts it on a resume. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think it's about time. I mean, you start getting reps, dude. He's a rookie, and if he's gonna be starting week one, he needs to get as many fucking reps as possible. Like, and then honestly, I don't even want to see him play this weekend. I just like, no, just don't even play him. Like, we already have three, we're gonna have four offensive li- four of our starting offensive linemen not play. So it's like I don't even want to put him right? out there. Yeah, yeah not, with ba- not with a backup O line. If he had our second sh- if we had our- if we had all our starters out there then yeah, maybe put him out there. But after seeing what just happened against New Orleans Saints and having three offensive linemen out, it did not look good. Granted, New Orleans pass rush is way better than Dallas's, but I would not take that risk. Just chalk it up. Like maybe have him play a drive, but I rather I just don't want him be a, being behind that backup line after what I saw Monday. Like that shit was rough to watch. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you feel about this? Because uh, I noticed looking at um, the depth chart from last week, um, uh, more news from that game was uh, Travis Edney, uh, possibly ETN. out of the season with the, yeah, ETN, um, with uh, Liz Frank injury. Liz Frank is like a, it's a broken foot with like a strain. So usually those are like, you're done for the season. Those, yeah, those injuries, once you get them, you don't come back. Yeah, um, it's so like how, the, how do you feel? Uh, 
yeah, I think the Liz Frank is like the middle of the foot and the bone like disconnects or fractures or something. It's a rough injury. It's what wow. Cam Newton. It's what Cam Newton had. It's what a lot of people. A lot of people almost never come back from that injury, and it's honestly a really scary injury because I I saw the play that it happened. It was like a little like check down to the ETN, and then he didn't even get tackled. He was just like something off on his the way he planted his foot. I don't know what happened, or maybe it was like something on the verge of breaking or messing up, and all it took was that one little cut to do it. But man, that is a huge hit, and it's really disappointing to see like a player who's coming in a rookie year, first round draft pick just to get like have to sit out the entire year due to an injury and not just any injury, an injury that not a lot of people come back from. The good thing is it's supposedly it's one of those injuries that it's better caught early and he's got surgery on it as quick as possible. And he's also still young, so he should be able to recover a lot better. Yeah, but it is, uh, but it's known and it's it's historically known for being a very nagging injury, even after it's healed, that you'll always just kind of feel that in your foot, especially when it comes to a position like the running back. We're making tight cuts and like having to push off that foot, especially trying to go through O linemen and D linemen. It's it's a huge blow. And I mean, he was supposed to be our gadget guy, the guy who's supposed to line up out wide and kind of like lengthen the field for stretch the field for us. And kind of go out there and catch balls and ball also running it. And it's it fucking sucks, man. That sucks. And then it sucks for him too. I would imagine it, it it's gotta be awful. I mean, you've been prepping for this moment just to get put on the IR. Yeah. Like that fucking that sucks, man. And injuries is it's a part of every sport and it's it's terrible, man. And like it could it could make or break careers. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it gives a great story for a comeback and others it's just the end you know obviously depending on where you are in your career and you know how old you are and you know how severe the injury is but yeah i mean this guy, this guy right here number 32 that i'm wearing mm-hmm. and marie drew that he was never the same after his his list frank entry and then obviously we've seen cam newton cam newton i mean he plays a different position but i mean he never seems to look the same and it seems like everybody who has that and it just it, it's just a it looks like a painful injury, honestly. If you guys have the time, just like look it up. What it is, it's fucking rough. <laughs> it's rough. So how, how do you feel going forward, here? Because you know, I noticed like looking on ESPN, they had him at like I think third string behind. Which I'm like, yo, he got drafted. You know, he was the second running back drafted, uh, uh, very high. And I was like, oh man, I I, I thought maybe he could have been um, at least like the second, you know, the second guy coming up. But now that he's probably injury done for the season, how do you feel about your running back core? And your run game with like James right. Robinson's high. Yeah, so we have James Robinson, which honestly I wasn't expecting to get even get even get him ETN in the first round, let alone a running back at all, maybe late round guy. Because I thought Robinson was gonna be our guy. Like Robinson, he's the lead runner. He's had over a thousand receiving uh rushing yards plus a nut like almost thirteen hundred all purpose yards. He was a beast and probably one of the greatest undrafted rookies ever in history to put that many stats up. And then uh, I was a little surprised. I mean, me and Gabe, we did the live reactions to the draft. And I was like, I thought it was, I wasn't completely sold on it. I, was, I thought it was like, man, we could have went so many other positions there, like an offensive lineman. And then it kind of grew on me like, all right, he's going to be like kind of this guy who's going to be kind of like Alvin Kamara, like kind of sit out there, maybe catch balls and like kind of be a more versatile player, not just a downhill guy like Robinson is. Um, but then we signed Carlos Hyde 
which he has looked absolutely fucking abysmal. I think he was a waste of money and a waste of space on this team. The guy can't fucking pick up a blitz to save his life. He's absolute dog shit. Like, I don't know how I don't know how he's been able to stay in this league for this long and not know how to block on a fucking blitz against second stringers. Blows my mind. The guy. Yeah, but I don't know. Probably on the same level, honestly. They block about the same. <laughs> but dude, and then he can't run the ball. I never understood why he was he got way more reps than ETN did before ETN got hurt. And I'm like, why? Like this we know what Carlos Hyde is. He's nothing special. He's been a journeyman all across the NFL. He hasn't proved to be anything. It was clearly kind of like like an Urban Meyer knew him from college type of thing because Carlos Hyde was his main running back back in Ohio State. Wow. And it was just like, this guy sucks, dude. Like, no, like, and I'm, I don't want to see that guy touch the field. Like, I, I genuinely do not want to see him touch the field. I'd rather pick up, I mean, with uh, ETN going on IR, you're going to free up a spot on the roster. So I'd rather pick up somebody else, an unproven guy uh, who is a rookie, maybe a late round guy who gets sent on a practice squad. I'd rather take a chance on that than fucking throw Carlos Hyde out there. Carlos Hyde is absolute dog shit and I don't want to see him again but I know he's going to be on this team. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about this guy. <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, there were so many moments during that game where he just like I was like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you, like you don't know how to block for shit and then you barely even run the ball. It's like, why are you even on the team? Like, it's just like, God. I don't know somebody. <laughs> Let's jump over transition. We're gonna transition to South Florida. You're Miami Dolphins. Uh, you're Miami. You're Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Gabe. Give me the fins up. <laughs> Give me the fins up, Gabe. Fins up. Up. A lot of questions. Bring it back. There you go. Hey. Dolphin. A lot of questions going on with Tua. I actually watched this game. I sat down and watched the whole game, uh, probably to like the last quarter. Um. My takeaways were Tua because a lot of, there's a lot of questions surrounding Tua. Is he going to make an improvement slash you know, the playbook? Um, Julian, were you able to look at the game or watch the game a little bit or no? I didn't watch the game, but I watched every play he threw. I went I back like, and watched it. Yeah, I watched a lot of the highlights. And stuff. So I was a little bit surprised. Like, I, I find the preseason generally underwhelming. I really don't watch. Like I said, they, they used to set the starters out for the first two drives and then they sit they sit them, whatever. Uh, this week they played the Atlanta Hawks and I don't think their starters played like Matt. Atlanta Falcons. Um, Matty Light, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt, what is his name? Matty Ice. Matty Ice, Matty Ice. I'm and, sorry. I'm and Atlanta Falcons, not Atlanta Hawks. Played, so Trey Young was on that squad, right? Yeah, I heard Trey Young yeah, was playing like, wide receiver. He pulled up. He pulled up from 40. Um, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they didn't start their starters, uh, but Tua did play the first half, like the entire first half, the, f- the first two quarters, uh, which I was surprised by. And I think the starting O-line, they they played the whole game. So you can't really judge based on, you can't really just specifically like, oh, were they really impressive, whatever. It's like they didn't really play their starters. So as far as like the Dolphins defense, I can't make any comments because they didn't play any body of note. Um, but Tua, Tua, um, I thought he did pretty good. Um, he had a lot of uh, a good rapport with uh, Waddle. Um, they did like a lot of quick passes, a lot of slants out. Like, uh, he's going to be a dude. Waddle's yeah. going to be a guy. Did, I feel like he's going to be really good, um, a, a good asset to the team. Plus, we have you know we have speed guys. We have Will Filler and uh, Albert. Oh, 
Man, I'm too drunk, bro. Why did I drink before I got on here? Uh, what's his name? Albert Wilson? No? I'm not sure. That's wrong. That is wrong. Albert Wilson, I think, is a cornerback. Um, but um, I thought Tua did okay. I thought he did okay for for uh, week two, not facing the you know primary guys. I thought he did okay. He looked fine. Um, he he threw like I said. There was a lot of uh, small packages with these quick out routes where wide receivers are going out or up uh, also with uh, up the middle. He had good rapport with uh, Gasicki. Oh, let's um, talk about so- your old line, man, because he's set up for success right now with this team. I feel like it's a make or break, right? Not to throw pressure on him, but look what happened. One game away from missing playoffs. And talk about a man who said, I didn't know the playbook. So let's bring that team last year into this year with some improvements. And, you know, hopefully he knows the playbook this year. And I I, I feel like this is it. This could be a year. This has to be a year. So, you know, he ends the game 16 of 23, 183 yards pass, one touchdown playing just one half of football. Two just look okay. Like, I'm not going to be fucking, I'm not going to, you know, fucking run to the mountain and tell everybody, oh, my God, he's the next coming <laughs> Jesus. He's Damarino 2.0. Okay. Yeah, he looked okay. Um, and, I, and I thought it was a good game, and he just looked okay. I can't really say. Um, I wonder, still wonder about the defense because the defense was really good last year as far as, like, uh, with turnovers, um, the Dolphins was. But um, I don't expect them to have as many turnovers as they had last year. Um it's just like we lost, you know, we lost a couple people. Uh, Xavier Howard's upset. I, I don't expect like that many interceptions and that many, you know, turnovers as they did last year. But I'm still pretty optimistic about the Dolphins um, putting up good, good games and competing with uh, the Bills for the division. Um, All right, real quick, real quick, fellas. Way too early prediction. We're gonna go with who's gonna be this year's MVP. MVP. Who do you guys got? I don't know who the favorite. Who's the favorites right now? I, there's. Well, I remember I looking at the odds. Allen. You got Josh Allen in the mix. You got, which is my pick. Your boy Aaron Rodgers. I feel like has a lot of potential to go back to back, all because this man. He's proved everything. But it's going to be his last year in Green Bay, and I feel like he's going to want to leave with a bang. He's going to want to leave and have – not going to want to have any bad words used against him on his playing ability, his age, anything like that. He's going to leave it all on the table, and he's going to – he's just going to go all out. That's how I feel. And Rodgers has something to prove this last season for himself. You know what I mean? With that whole organization. He's going to be like, all right, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like – you, you don't want me to have my way here? Well, here's what it is. Here's what I'm going to do. And then he's going to head out. I so think I'm looking I at would... the lines. As I say, real quick, I'm looking at the lines for yeah. the MVP uh, top five. I just did the top five because they get 10, but I'm going to get five. Uh, number five is Russell Wilson, 1,400. Tom Brady, 1,200, number four. And number three, Josh Allen, 1,200. Aaron Rodgers, 1,000. Patrick Mahomes, 475. So they got Patrick oh. Mahomes still. I, I still think that's him for the ticket. But I'm sorry Ooh, for I would hammer that Josh Allen. 1,200 yeah. plus 1,200. That's good odds. I like that a lot. This um, might be his season. This might be. I might be making some money this year. <laughs> really? Is this uh, a Julian guarantee? I mean, how much are you I mean. <laughs> no, um, my pick, honestly, I. I think Aaron Rodgers being third, I really think he should probably be the favorite, honestly. Um, I think he does have something to prove. I think 
he's gonna I really I just have a good feeling about him like I think he's just I think he's gonna repeat what he did last year I think I think Green Bay could push for the Super Bowl honestly um but um yeah I would say Aaron Rodgers but my my second pick would probably be Josh Allen I like Josh Allen a lot I think he's gonna make a a step up too I think he's just gonna you know, carry good seasons on top of good seasons. And I think he's just going to get better. And I, I would like, I, I think he will. I really think he will. I think he, like I said, I like the plus 1200. That's a, to me, that's really good odds. I think, cause I really think well, he could win it. Those have a tough schedule. Week one, they play which is not to worry about. And they're at Miami week two. And then they play week five. They play Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Miami slight work. Yeah. Yeah. But they also play week three Washington football team, which they're supposed to be really good this year. Good defense, we'll though. Yeah. Back to Tua, so though. They, I do want to. I do want to yeah. talk a little bit about Tua again, because um, after what I saw, um, I thought he played pretty good. I thought he played pretty well, honestly. I thought he was really good. Um, I like kind of the game plan they gave him, and I think they might carry this over to the regular season. Is that they kind of like almost kind of warmed him up with some shorter routes, like. 10 to 15 yard routes and uh you can definitely see that connection he has with waddle like you can tell that familiarity like he seemed like he was targeting him a lot um and then as as he kind of gained confidence and because i think one portion he went six for six i want to say and then as he gained confidence then they kind of let him throw it down the field more i will say i would like to see him kind of throw it down the field a little bit far. I want to see him on like those deep, deep balls to see what he has. Um, Obviously they're probably keeping it a little closer to your chest and maybe you don't want to injure your wide receivers on those deep routes, but I would like to see him throw a little farther down. But from what I've seen, he seems like he's being a really good game manager, game manager. Granted, I don't know if Atlanta was playing their starting defense and Atlanta's never really been that great at defense. Even last year they had one of the worst. So, I mean, we'll see when he starts playing tighter defenses. Uh, but from what we've seen and what I've heard from camp, everybody's saying he looks good. He looks really good. Um, to me, he kind of gives me like, from what I saw this past game, like Alex Smith kind of vibes, like when he plays, when Alex Smith was playing really well, kind of gave me that, that just that game manager, just like making, making the simple plays, you know, get, getting it done, being consistent, keeping your completion percentage high. Uh, but yeah, I want to see if he can yep. throw it down the field. I want to see him really like sling it though. But granted, I don't know if he necessarily has that. I will also t- say, too, I think his arm strength got a little strong. I don't know what he did in the offseason, but he yeah. seems like he has a little bit more zip on the ball because I, last year I was calling him the poor man's Russell Wilson because that's what he yeah. reminded me of. I did, I, did, I did think I saw like a profile video that the Barnes put up, obviously. Uh, sorry, I didn't the Dolphins. Excuse me. Um, they, 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 they said he gained like about 10 or 15 pounds of muscle. Did he did. Weight gain. Uh, instead of going flying back home to Hawaii or wherever Alabama, where he was home, he stayed in Miami for the break, uh, and he he gained weight. So uh, that was one thing that he did change uh, coming into the season was gaining weight. And I would agree with like most of what you said. Like there wasn't really a lot of deep passes. Maybe the furthest they threw was like ten, twelve yards. And I saw he, he had one deep. He had one that was like probably like a thirty yard pass down the middle. I forgot who it was too. Then I think he had kind of a a farther one to Gesicki. I want to say a little farther yeah. down the field as well, but nothing like I said, most too of much. It, yeah. Most of it was like these out routes or like in the middle, like it was like these seven, nine yards. And I, I like Waddle a lot. I said coming into the draft to me, he was the best wide receiver. Uh, everybody was on the Devonta Smith 
and he looks like he's going to be pretty good, but I was I was on the Waddle train. I thought Waddle was going to be good. He had a little bit more height to him. He was still fast as hell, and he just has such good route running, and I think he's going to be really good. And from what we've seen in camp and in the preseason, he looks like he's going to be he's going to be a dude. He looks like he's going to be a dude. So that's uh, it for Miami. Let's transition to New York. Obviously, uh, let's talk about the number one draft pick last year, which was Zach Wilson going to New York Jets. Um, just kind of, I didn't really see, yeah, or sorry, number two. Um, I really see him play, but uh, Julian, what were your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Uh, uh, let's talk about JoJo's New York Jets, his hometown team. Not a shot. <laughs> it is your hometown team, though. <laughs> but, mm. uh, man. I tell you what, Zach Wilson has honestly surprised me because I granted I haven't watched a lot. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I watched all his games, his preseason games. I didn't really follow too much about what was going on in Jets training camp. I did hear brief things about him not looking good and like throwing a lot of interceptions and didn't look comfortable. But whatever was going on in camp, he seemed like he really fixed it. And when it came to the preseason games, man, he looked like he exactly how he looked in BYU, honestly. Like, uh, that could be a testament to the offensive line in New York. They did draft Elijah Vera Tucker, at a, a guard out of USC. And uh, they still had their guy from last year, Makai Beckman. I, like, that offensive line for the New York Jets looks good. Um, I like their weapons. They did pick up Corey Davis, and then they drafted Elijah Moore. Uh, they got a little solid offensive uh, squad over there. Um, we got to see if their defense can hold up. I do think they've... I don't I want to say they had kind of an average defense. I'm not entirely sure. I do know they weren't like world beaters, but um yeah, if the defense can hold up and Zach Wilson can continue progressing like he has and putting up points and completing passes, uh they could they could win a few games. They can win a good amount of games. He definitely definitely looks like an upgrade to Sam Darnold from what I've seen. Granted, it's overreaction. It is preseason. We'll see when the season actually starts. But but we will see, right? If Wilson plays very well, are we still going to blame the Jets system? I I will say it is a new regime, and I do love the offensive play calling that the – I think Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator for the Jets, he's the brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And they all come from that Shanahan system. And that's, you know, obviously it's a really good system from what we've seen in San Francisco and in Green Bay. And he seems to be carrying that over to New York, which seems to be Zach Wilson's perfect uh, style of offense that works for him. And man, I tell you what, that man, that kid can, he's has a quick release. I think I was, I've said this before, like he has a super quick release and he has pretty good arm strength and his poise in the pocket looks great. Like the way he's been stepping up in the pocket, it looks really good. And also back to Tua real quick. That was one thing I forgot to mention about Tua. He, Tua looked great in the pocket. I will say he, the way he stepped up in the pocket was good. And that's one thing. It's really hard to, to teach that from a lot of young quarterbacks because you know, you kind of your first reaction when you start seeing the speed of the NFL defensive ends and NFL defensive tackles, you tend to freak out and kind of like collapse under the pocket. But seeing some of the poise that you're seeing these rookie QBs have has actually been very impressing. Like, yeah. and, uh, and it's good to see because, you know, a lot of these younger quarterbacks, you know, they have a strong run game. You know, they're a lot more athletic than quarterbacks back in the day. But to see that they could hold their own in the pocket and just rely on their arm and their vision to get down the field. Yeah, I think this might be one of the best QB classes ever. I mean, I might be a complete idiot three years down the line, but 
everything I've Imagine seen so far. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm completely overreacting because it's only two weeks of preseason. But I think I've seen more in these two weeks of preseason than any rookie quarterback has ever done in a preseason. Like some, like every single one of these guys have been playing really well, even for the fact that it's been preseason. Like I'm genuinely shocked. Like because <laughs> I thought at least one of them would be bad. So that's good, man. Gives you high expectations. Because I wasn't expecting much from Zach Wilson, honestly, coming from BYU, and the Jets weren't necessarily the greatest of teams, but. I mean, he seems to be proving everybody wrong. He seems to be showing why he was picked number two overall. Okay, uh, did you see anything? Wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't see. I, I listen. I really don't even care for preseason for the Dolphins, much less for a fucking New York Jets. Like, why would I watch their preseason? <laughs> I just like I seeing the QBs. No... I just want to see how they're doing. <laughs> That's about it. I understand going forward, like you know, there's a lot of hype, especially guys who got drafted very high. Like you want to see them do well and whatever. I mean, you know, I'll see him play when we, you know, when he comes see the Dolphins. When he comes here, we go over there. We'll see, you know, the Jets. We'll see the Dolphins. Um, and so I'll see him then. But like, oh, that's true. Honestly, yeah. you know, coming in the preseason is like, yo, just stay healthy enough to start the preseason. This year they have 17 games uh, going forward. So like, it's just like, yo, can we just just get let's get to the real games? Like, let's get to week one. Yeah. Speaking of getting to week one. As we transition, let's talk about our fantasy football teams. Uh, we had a draft. Going for that lot this year. I'm not taking no L's. I like Gabe, last year. Gabe's not even participating. He fucking auto-picked his whole draft. Listen, I have shit to do. He said, look at a draw. He said he drafted so well last year that he's going to give us a chance. <laughs> he's he's like, draft. you know what? I'm so good at this. I know how to pick guys off the waiver wire. I'm not even going to draft. All my oh, guys are gonna be waiver wire guys because I'm that that's good. That's how you win. <laughs> that's how you win. We shall see. So we got a little, you know. I see fantasy is coming back into style, back into relevance. Um, just overall, generally, how do you guys feel about your draft? Um, just let them know about our league and uh, you know how many teams we got going. So kind of we got eight teams. Um. I feel pretty good about my draft. Um, I did draft Travis Etienne. I actually just today I ended up dropping him and uh, picking Damn. up a Leonard Fournette, which I thought was kind of a steal picking up Leonard Fournette on the uh, waiver wire. But I mean, honestly, I wasn't too worried about it. I have a lot of depth because I, I picked I picked my QB late and I uh, what else did I pick late? I picked my QB late and I picked another player late, but I like my death. My starters, I have Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams as my wide receivers. I picked uh, my running back is Aaron Jones, which I like a lot. Um, who else did I have? Aaron Jones. I got J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. Um, I got D- uh, Darren Waller, which that was one thing I'm like, I'm picking early because tight end is so hard to come by. Tight end is, it, it is so hard to come it, by. I learned from last season how important your tight end is. Because I, I I picked up last year, I picked up Travis Kelsey, like I think like round two. I picked up, I picked it up early because I was like, there's not very many tight ends. And then also tight ends oh. are very reliant on, depending on which ones perform, is very reliant on the offense that they run. Because, like, you know, a place like Jacksonville where we don't seem like we use a lot of receiving tight ends, but then you got a place like Kansas City where Travis Kelsey's, like, almost like a wide receiver. Uh, so I picked mine early. I got Darren Waller. Somebody already grabbed Kelsey and Kittle, but Darren Waller is just as good, honestly. They're both in the top three best tight ends. 
And then I picked up T Law as a QB in like the tenth round or something. Because I just don't like I don't like the idea. I don't know how you guys feel. I just don't like picking QBs early. I feel like there's a lot of serviceable QBs. It's a lot harder to get wide receivers and running backs, and especially having some depth because you know ever somebody's bound to get injured. Then you got bye weeks, and I rather just have that depth and cause, and pick up a QB late. So I picked up Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have good mobility. He's going to give me some rushing of yards. Did. Of course, well, he did. that's what I was like when I was thinking. I was like, "Damn, I'm going to look like a fucking homer right now." But like, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was like outside of the fact that like I'm obviously I'm rooting for him and I'm Jaguars fan. I genuinely like at the time that I was picking, I really thought he was the best option because I think the only option that was I was. I was comparing between him and Matt Ryan. That was who I was picking between. But I picked Trevor Lawrence because I think he can probably give you the same amount of throwing stat, passing stats as Matt Ryan. And he's going to give you that run ability because he might take it off and run and give me running, yeah. rushing TDs. But who'd you have, JoJo? Well, for my team, so I think it's my third year consecutively doing fantasy. And I progressed every year. And shameful, I'll admit, a few years back, I picked the quarterback. First overall, and I learned the hard way to never, ever do that. You would think the quarterback is the most important position, but oh. not in fantasy. It wasn't. Not in, yeah. I picked Tom Brady. You picked <laughs> out of all the QBs, you picked Tom Brady. Not even like. Oh, this man just came off a ring too last year. Like, you know, he wasn't going to stop anytime soon. Like, so that's what I was thinking. I didn't really get my head into fantasy and the concept of it. But I've learned. And I, I loved what my draft picks this year gave. I don't know if you saw my list, but I stole three of Gabe's uh, players from last year that performed very, very well. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad uh, he uh, picked after me this year because he stole all my players last year. So I got, uh, as quarterback, my two quarterbacks, I got Russell Wilson, who is expected to perform very well. Everybody know how he is. You know, he's either going to run, he's going to throw downfield. First few games last season, he was already projected for MVP. And then we all saw kind of ups and downs to last season. Then I, I got your boy, Jay Herbert. Come on. You saw what he did in fantasy last year. He came out of nowhere. He's going to be, honestly, the next Josh Allen coming in. I'm, I'm calling it. This guy has a cannon. He's going to get me some points. I got your boy, uh, from Kansas City. I got DK Metcalf, who Gabe had last season. Wait, who'd you get from Kansas back. City? What was that? Who'd you get from Kansas City? Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Okay. You cut off. It's my, my right receiver. Peter, your boy too fast. I got Pitts from Atlanta as a tight end. Oh, we'll um, see what that. That's a, that's, that's a risk, yeah, man. Because I know tight end was a little risky here. Uh, I forgot especially who was a, left, but... Especially a rookie tight end. Because... Tight ends historically aren't that good their rookie year. Let, let's see, man. You never know. And I got your boy Hunt from Cleveland um, as a running back. And did I forget anybody? Eckler, running back from L.A. Uh, backups, I got Galladay, wide receiver, Johnson from Houston, Smith Jr. from Ew. Minnesota. Those are probably auto picks because I was only able to pick the first seven or eight. But I feel like I have a pretty solid squad compared to last year. Um, and I got Dustin, man. If Dustin's listening, I got a rematch with him. First round, I lost by point two. 
last year in the first round of Dustin. <laughs> I it actually came got, down to my kicker. It came I down to my, my kicker. Okay, I, my opponent this week one is the man sitting in this podcast right now who auto-picked his entire team, which is watch him win by 50. Gabe's going to be living on the waiver wire right now. <laughs> um, I'm looking at my team. You know, I got decent. I feel pretty good. Don't feel good about our running backs right now, but, you know, Lamar Jackson. I got Brown and Jones, who are both on the Tennessee Titans. So that's pretty – it's all right. Cup, Chubb. Uh, you know what? I'm feeling okay about my drafted team, my computer uh, drafted team. Uh, I really haven't been looking into it now. I was just I was typing. I was trying to log in. You better hope Tannehill starts throwing the rock more and Derrick Henry slows Tannehill down. Is the oh truth okay? God. You better Tannehill hope. You better truth. hope they start slowing down with Derrick Henry because if he keeps it going, they ain't gonna be throwing the ball much. And you got two wide receivers for the same team, and that bye week's gonna look rough. Listen, it's all it ain't no panic over here, okay? There ain't no anxiety. It's real smooth over here. We're, that we're, we're gonna, over that here. my week's gonna look real rough. Boy, it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking like Kurt Warner with fucking Isaac Bruce and fucking Tory Holt, okay? It's gonna be the greatest show on turf. <laughs> the okay? greatest it's show. On <laughs> all I gotta say is, yo, this year I'm making a guarantee. The boys finishing top three. I'm finishing top three. I'm winning it, man. I feel good about my team. I think because I strategically picked all my players. They're all the number one guy on their team. Gabe, you got uh, no, who had Hunt? Um, Did you say you had Hunt, JoJo? Yeah. So I learned last year because I picked up Chubb. It's, I would keep him as a flex. I would never start him because unless Chubb's injured, because I had Chubb last year. And with them, they're very like, depending on who's hot is who they play more. And that's the one thing that scares me about teams that have like, like, you know, one, one, two punch uh, running backs yeah. for fantasy. It's like, it's all about who's hot. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like last year, right? With the Seahawks. Um, I had Lockett and, you know, you, they also had, you know, Metcalf. Oh, Gabe had Metcalf. I had Lockett. And I obviously the penalty that game was getting, whoever was getting the ball was getting all the points. So sometimes it was a mix between the two. Uh, but majority of the games, it was it was one side. It was one or the other. It was either Lockett got all the juice or it was Metcalf that got all the juice. Yo, and so, hold up. I'm, I'm looking at my thing now. I didn't mention my depth. And also, I figured out my second running back. My depth is so good. I got Montgomery uh, from Chicago. I got Tyler Lockett. My backup tight end, Robert Tunyon. Tunyon, I like a lot. I got Debo Samuel on the bench. Like I got Debo Samuel on the bench, Melvin Gordon, and I got Matt Ryan as my backup. And then I picked up Leonard Fournette uh, nice. on waivers today. Oh, we lost Gabe. He's back. There he is. He's back. Uh, I got Leonard Fournette on the bench. And then I picked up Washington defense because defense was another thing I kind of drafted a little early because I want to make sure – because defense is hard to come by and tight ends are hard to come by, but I like my tight end depth. Tunyon is like my my trade bait because I feel like somebody's going to need a tight end, and Tunyon's a really good tight oh. end. Boys, but the we fact shall see. We shall. We shall I haven't really had a chance to look yeah. at any anybody else's teams, but real quick, guys, this is from Bleacher Report and an Instagram story. It's a uh, what's better. It's basically a poll, and this is uh about fantasy drafts. Oh, I'm asking you guys questions. You guys are just going to pick. What do you think is better? All right, so we got what's better. 
getting the number one pick or nailing a sleeper fantasy draft nailing a sleeper for sure nailing a sleeper nailing a sleeper first first pick is overrated because you have to wait you know depending on how you do the style either you do it snake style or whatever first pick is overrated bro you know what happened to me last I had first overall pick last year, and I had I got Christian McCaffrey. Dude is out the whole fucking season. Hey, he's out the whole season. <laughs> whole fucking I had number one overall pick. Picked up Christian McCaffrey. He played one game. He played one game in the middle of the season, and then he got re-injured. And that one game, he got like thirty points for me, and then he fucking tipped out. I was so upset. So I was living last year. I was living on the waiver wire for running backs because I was just psyched because I had uh um what's the I don't remember his first name, but Moser from uh, San Francisco. Francisco. I had him, Raheem? which Raheem. Ra- yeah, Raheem Moser. He was good in the games he played, but he only played like four games. Uh, McCaffrey was gone. I forgot who else I had, but I just remember I was cycling in and out like fucking bench play, like uh waiver wire for for uh, running backs because I was struggling there. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather wait. I'd rather be you know if we're in an eight person league, I'd rather be like six, seven, eight than uh, than uh, trying to be number one because number one always sucks. Uh, I think judges. I mean, and the thing too is like, especially in an eight-team league, like whoever you're getting in the first round's going to be a really good player. You know what I mean? Like it's he's going to be a starter, and he's going to give you a shit ton of points. So it's not like the end of the world if you don't pick first. But like finding one of those guys on the waiver wire and stuff is huge. Like my buddy, he got he got James Robinson. My buddy got James Robinson on the waiver wire last year, which ended up being huge. And then he started. He ended up starting every single game for him towards the end of the year. I picked up Herbert, uh, I forgot, when he started getting hot. And that kept me in games, man. That was a reliant quarterback. This guy dropped like 27 to 30 points five games in a row. I definitely needed that. Next question. We got what's better, win money versus strangers or beating friends? Beating friends. Yeah, beating friends and winning money. How about that? Beating friends and winning money. <laughs> more personal. I'm about to take all Gabe's money this season. I mean, money money don't matter to me. I work, I make my shit, I spend it, whatever. Money is dumb. But having that shit talk, I can just text you at like 2 o'clock in the morning, like, hey, whoop that ass this week, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was me and Gabe and, and me and uh, Dustin all last season, bro. If you lose a game, I, you send me the eyeball emoji, I'm like, I already know what this is about. Like, I, 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 I start doing that when I start when I'm blowing out Gabe this week. I'm gonna throw the eyeball emoji. Everybody gonna know if you know, you know. I know you've seen that score. Don't act like you didn't see it. Don't act like you didn't sign in the app. And you didn't get the notifications that you lost my forty. Don't act like you didn't have your phone up the whole time as you're watching the game. He was watching the last game and his last player. Hopefully, get him eighty points to win. It never happened. All right, we got next question. What's better, to lose in the finals or to win the loser bracket? I don't think I've ever played with a loser bracket. We've never played with that many people, right, to have a loser bracket. Mine's like, yeah, you get knocked out, you get knocked out. If you don't make it, the playoffs, you don't make the playoffs. Okay, hypothetically, we had enough uh, people. I can give two shits about a loser's bracket. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Don't want to be the winner of the losers? I can give two shits. I'd rather uh-huh. not I'd rather not play. Like I'd rather yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I didn't if make the playoffs. If you're not first, you're last. Look, if you're not I first, you're last. It's a famous quote from Ricky Bobby. 
<laughs> it, like my thing yeah, is I if think- I don't make the playoffs, then I'm switching to fantasy though, uh, daily the last final weeks. Because <laughs> I'd rather play daily than play a loser's bracket. <laughs> Julian, leader of all losers. I in a loser's bracket. <laughs> Watch, that's, he's going to send Gabe the eyeball emoji when he beats him in the loser's Actually, bracket. Actually, are you guys going to play some daily? I think it might play some daily as well. Daily fantasy. If I have time, if I get into it, I might consider. It's interesting. Getting like the top one hundred, you winning some money. Let's go to the Hard Rock. Let's go to the Hard Rock. Bet some shit. All right. Question: What's better, healthy roster or an elite wide receiver slash quarterback stack? Ooh, that's a good one. That was healthy roster. I was Gabe last year. I was Gabe last year. Yeah, I had Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf combo, which was which I stole. I stole this year, which was lethal. Yeah. Nah. Even when I played JoJo, because he had he had Lockett, even though I play him, I'm like, yo, I'm still getting points, so I can't be mad. Like, no, terrible yeah, I, for me. To me, it's healthy roster. I've had too many seasons where I had like players that would consistently give me like 30, sometimes 40 points, and then yeah, I'll end up losing because I'll just like a guy gets fucking injured, or I'm living on the waiver wire. Hoping that this guy happens to he's happening to start for like the fucking Cincinnati Bengals, hoping that he'll give me some points, but he only gives me like five. Like there's nothing more frustrating than having a player. I'd rather have all my team give me like in the teens to twenties than have one guy give me forty points and like the rest of my roster like give me single digits. Cause I've five, experienced seven. that way too much. I don't know why I have the injury bug and I can never keep a healthy team. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I think one of the good. One of the best things is just like you need consistent. You need to be consistent week by week. Like you, you hate when like players just like disappear, and like you, you just need that consistency of like people producing like whatever, whatever number, like running or fucking catching. You need those numbers, man. That, that that's what should gets me through the fucking season. Is just having a healthy team the whole way. That concludes the questions, though. That was fun. <laughs> All right, that's it for football. I'm, obviously, it's still week two. We're gonna get into it as soon as uh, the season starts. We got a couple more weeks. NFL season will be live. Um, last uh, couple of topics, we're talking about soccer. Uh, I think it was announced today. Today or yesterday? Literally um, like an uh, hour ago, two hours ago. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, has been announced that he's going to Manchester United. Word. Word. Going uh, back our, home. Our resident soccer uh, expert, Julian. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, <laughs> you guys call me the soccer expert, the MMA expert. Like, I'm not, like, I follow it, but I'm no expert. Um, it was a matter of time. The Manchester United thing happened quick because uh, the biggest thing. Well, Ronaldo's been disgruntled for the past few months now. He's been wanting to get transferred the entire time leading into the summer. And he just didn't want to be with Juventus. Juventus was looking to shop him because Juventus is like struggling. They're like $300 million that they lost or something like that. They're, they're having a lot of financial problems. Like most of those leagues over there in Europe. And uh, yeah, he uh, wanted to go. The first rumors were Manchester city and it looked like that was going to happen and it got close to happening. And then the deal fell through. And then literally the next day, you started hearing things, which was yesterday. You started hearing things about Manchester, Man, Man United coming in there, how they have the money and they want to bring him. He has obviously ties to Manchester United after playing his beginning of his career there before he went to Real Madrid. 
And yeah, he ended up going. It's huge news, honestly. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like I couldn't believe like how fast it happened. And the soccer year, this soccer year has been insane. I mean, you had Messi leave, you had yeah. Ronaldo leave, you had yeah, Sergio I was Rama. Ask you guys, what do you guys think of two of the greatest soccer players who ever play, arguably, both switch teams in the same season? It's crazy. And it's not even just them. I mean, you have big names like Sergio Ramos, like leave who's played at Real Madrid for like 20 years. Like you had, um, there's the possibility of Mbappe leaving PSG and going to Real Madrid. And if that actually yeah, happens, I've heard about that. like that's insane. Like this, this the, the amount of major moves that have been happening, but yeah, man, uh, man, man, you, they've been, they've been needing to fight back because man city has been, been kind of, the better team the past like four or five years um, after Manchester United has obviously been the his- historically better over the decades and decades. But the past five years, Man City's kind of been able to catch up and been able to improve the team to the point where the past few years have been forming better. So this could be the step in the right direction for Man U to actually uh, possibly win the whole thing and maybe the Champions League as well. Alongside the Premier League. Damn, we lost Gabe again. But yeah, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy to think like the major moves that are happening. Like I don't, I don't know if there ever be a, a time like this. Honestly, I don't know if there's ever period where some of the top players all left in the same year and bounced around. It's, it's like what, imagine like the NBA having a top five players in the league just go to different teams all in the same year. Yeah, I tell you what, the Champions League is gonna be really interesting this coming year. See what happens. It's gonna be very. I mean, I, I mean, uh, you know, traditionally, like you know, growing up, there wasn't like a lot of times when you know, I felt like we're living like in the age of like player empowerment. Like players can live and do whatever the hell they want. Like they can go wherever they want, especially with like the money now. It is like you can make money anywhere. Well, the problem with the soccer market is so many of these big leagues uh, are just struggling. Like, like um, Italy, like Serie A and La Liga, they're. Mm-hmm. They're having really bad financial problems, which is leaving a lot of their stars uh, the desire to leave. So, and then obviously England, they the Premier League always tends to perform well. I mean, they're obviously the best, most profitable, highest revenue uh, soccer league in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. It's it it really is. Like I'm I'm genuinely shocked. Like <laughs> like I mean, you see you see everybody on Twitter's like Manchester's red again. Like it's gonna be red. Like we're yeah. Manchester's red. It's no longer blue. And you know, a lot of these guys like you know they're, they're getting a lot older. Like I remember growing up, you know, like fucking middle school and shit, hearing a lot of red and these guys, and like they're, they're a lot older. So like you you want to make you know while you still can do it, while you still physically can play, you want to make as much money right. as you can. And stack that shit, you know. So like, you can you can play anywhere as long as you you're still effective and you're producing. Like, well, that's the thing. I think Ronaldo's gonna be fucking Tom Brady, dude. He's already thirty seven. He's probably gonna play there. I think he signed. I think it's gonna be two years for sure, but he might play longer. I think Ronaldo. He's in such great shape. He's probably and he's like a, such an ultimate competitor. He's gonna want to play like into his mid forties, dude. He's gonna. I'm telling you, he's gonna be like fucking Tom Brady. But the shape he's in and the, the type of competitor he is, he's going to keep on going. And you might not see him into the MLS until he's like fucking 45. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. And uh, to end soccer talk, uh, we're going to have all the All-Star game, the MLS All-Stars. Uh, uh, they defeat the La Liga MX 
All-Stars and PKs. Obviously, I did not watch the game. But our resident expert, <laughs> Julian, did. Um, so what were your thoughts on that? All-Stars? Uh, well, Tuesday they had the skills challenge, which is pretty fun to watch. The skills challenge is always pretty awesome, seeing like some of the stuff. And this is the first All-Star game where we're bringing All-Stars from another league. So... Obviously, there's been this ongoing relationship that Don Garber, the commissioner of the MLS, has been trying to um, grow with Liga Emiekis and uh, this, you know, with the creation of another tournament outside of the CONCACAF Champions League. They're created the, this, as of right now, it's kind of a bullshit tournament called the Leagues Cup. And now with what they did with the MLS, the All-Star game, because traditionally the past like five to six years, um, it's been MLS All-Stars versus some major team in Europe like Manchester City or Atletico Madrid or whatever, at uh, Real Madrid. That's what they've been doing the past few years. But this year, to help grow that relationship and kind of help grow viewership of the MLS, because as of right now, um, there's more Liga MX fans in America than there is MLS fans. So the idea is to kind of bridge, kind of, further that relationship and kind of bridge those te- those leagues together to help, you know, bring more eyes to MLS and bring some of those uh, Liga MX fans over to the MLS. So it was pretty awesome to see. Um, and also outside of like the marketing standpoint of it, from a performance standpoint, Liga MX is tradition and have continued to be like the better league than us. They've been slightly better than us. Um, we are slowly closing the gap in MLS. And, uh, this was kind of like, obviously it's an all-star game. So guys aren't trying super hard. There's tons of substitutions, like a bunch of guys are coming in and out, but it was fun to kind of watch and see us kind of compete on the same level and end up winning in PKs, which was pretty awesome. It came down to the final kick by this youngster. Who's been like taking the league by storm, Ricardo Pepe, who's 18 years old place for FC Dallas and just announced literally yesterday because he's been like the superstar of the league this season. He's like came out of nowhere, 18 year old Mexican-American kid. And uh, for people in the MLS world, it was like a big thing, I think, yesterday because he just announced that he's committing to the United States national team and not Mexico. Because a lot of these dual dual national citizens, they've been like um, because we see it a lot here in America and we're starting to see it more often that uh countries are starting to compete for players who are dual nationals and uh it was kind of a big thing because a lot of people didn't know what he was going to do because he played for both the u.s youth national team and the uh mexico youth national team because he grew up in el paso and he used to go back and forth across the border all the time but he officially announced yesterday that he's going so he ended up winning the whole thing in PKs. And uh yeah, it was super entertaining, honestly. It was pretty cool. The stadium was fucking packed. It was playing in Los Angeles. And it's awesome to see kind of like us get better and seeing this kind of bridge between the league down south. It was pretty cool to see. And then the skill challenge is always awesome to see. Inter-Miami did have one representative, Rodolfo Pizarro, representing uh, Inter-Miami. Probably didn't deserve to go, honestly. He he hasn't had the greatest year, but because he was such a big star in Liga MX before he came to Inter-Miami, it was kind of like a... A lot of people think it was kind of like a marketing marketing, move to get him because he really hasn't been playing a good year. Honestly, another player on our team probably could have got it more than him, Higuain. But speaking of Inter-Miami real quick, Gabe 
You got to watch the game tonight. It is Friday night. It's rivalry weekend in the MLS. Inter-Miami versus Orlando City. Gabe, you got to watch this, man. This is the night. You got to watch. Rivalry game right this now. Is the game have, in Orlando or Miami? In Orlando. In Orlando. Oh, I was going to say, right now, Miami, take that drive. Let's, let's go. We yeah. head out. I, I wanted go to go, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it just didn't work out. Right now, they have the Hell is Real rivalry, which is the Ohio rivalry between Columbus, Crew, and since FC Cincinnati. But right after this, they're doing the uh classical del sol the sunshine classical sunshine classic so it's going to be a really entertaining game miami's been on a fucking roll we've won four out of the last six games have gone unbeaten six out of the last seven and we're climbing up that ladder man and we're we still have uh two games we have two games less played than the rest of the table because we had some delayed postponed games so we're on a so we can really make a push for the playoffs. We're in 11th place, but we're only, I think, five points behind the playoff race. So if we win today, it could bring us even closer. So it's, it's, we're, we're coming up, man. Listen, so come on, Gabe. Listen, I was, I was on the inner Miami train when they first started. Um, but <laughs> like, I've seen their games and they had some of a draw. They're minus 10. They're 10 games behind, you know, even score, or whatever. Um, like you said, they're 11th place. Uh, they had a good game last time. I watched the game. I think they played Chicago. Was it Chicago or Chicago? They won. They won three yeah. one, and the only goal scored that Chicago was, was off a, a self conceded goal from our defender. Yeah, yeah. He headed it in. Yeah, oh. uh, I, I watched that game. Um, <laughs> that stuff really happened. Um, yeah, yeah, I have my own goals, whatever. Um, but man, inner inner Fort Lauderdale. I'm not. I'm not down for it. Orlando, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Um, yo blame the city of miami for not letting them build the stadium man it's not their fault orlando, they have the plans orlando right now orlando is the number two in in the eastern conference of the mls um i got orlando winning this man. like it's not even like well am I gonna, we I'm did we've we played orlando twice this season uh the first time we played it it was the game i actually went to it was super close it ended up coming out to the end nani scores a fucking curling ball into the top right corner which was just impossible to defend and ended up losing that game but then we tied against them about a month ago i think it was we tied against them in orlando so i i don't think we're gonna win but i think we can eke out a tie um i think we can squeeze out a, a tie i think we can well, we, we gotta come away home with a, a point it's the tie you gotta come home with a point i mean obviously you want to yeah, win but orlando's with a tie Orlando's really good, and you want to at least get a point. You don't want to come out of there with zero points. You want to at least get one. You might not get the three, and but you got to keep the ball rolling, man. You can't. You can't. Got to keep it going. I don't know. I don't know. Um, come on, so man! National television, with... dude. National television. You got to represent, man. ESPN. I was like, let's end it real quick so you can watch the game because he wants to yeah, watch. He wants to watch the now. And for a lot of them lose, but last week, <laughs> last week, uh, this week, uh, last thing. This will be last thing, and then we'll finish the podcast. Um, it's uh, the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley, uh, Woodley fight this weekend, and actually, I'm surprised at the Las Vegas line because they have Jake Paul as the favorite at minus 180. So they had Tyron Woodley losing badly, and uh, I just not that I'm interested in like the fight to see like the skill level, whatever. Like I'm just gonna be watching Twitter now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just watch for the jokes. Like I'm gonna hear people, or whatever. <laughs> It'll be like uh, waiting for the fucking. I'm telling yeah, you, like, if, if Tyron loses, this game is rigged. If Tyron loses, yeah. it's rigged. I'm, I, 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 it's I feel like rigged. it depends on how he loses. Like we can definitely. If he see. gets knocked out, this shit's rigged. 
And if he gets knocked out first round, this shit's rigged. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm just surprised at the line. Like, Tyron Woodley, although he hasn't had any good fights, like, the past, whatever, 12 years, whatever, the past six fights, <laughs> um, he's still a fighter. Like, why is Jake Paul the favorite? Like, why are they favoring Jake Paul minus 180? Because of his uh, record. He's undefeated. That's why. Undefeated I know Jake man. Paul's taller. He, he might be physically bigger. He's taller, probably longer than the I think uh, Tyron's stronger, though. He's a big... He's, Tyron's got more muscle, for sure. He, I don't think he's as tall or long as Jake Paul, but he's definitely the thicker man. Anyways, I, 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 that's what I'm more interested in. I'm more interested in watching that than Inner for Lauderdale. Um, <laughs> God, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's it so for So why are you weekend. Florida Panthers fan, man? Listen, you're going to hurt Julian's feelings talking about his soccer team, all right? Like, he's shedding his tears right now. I think he cares about that. You know what? You know what it is. You know what it is. If Inter Miami starts playing well, I don't want to see shit from Gabe. I don't want to see shit from Gabe. You know what? I'm gonna come on here. I'm gonna come on here and say, you know what, Julian, you were right. Okay. But let's see if that happens next week. Florida's peak. Florida's peak. It's not a real fans podcast. Fans podcast. Checking us out. Jojo, tell them where we can find the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, sometimes Publix when they have the Chicken Tender Pub Sub on the sale. You can find us, there. find us at Walmart, Amazon Prime, two-day shipping at its finest. You can find us out here in Brooklyn. It's here in Miami. You can find us everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Just listen to us out here. We appreciate y'all taking us out. Shout out to the people, Nike in the back, listening to us. Real Fast Podcast. Thank you. We'll be back next week. To see an update on Inner Miami. <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> <laughs>